everybody, and welcome to episode four of the best Marvel Comics podcast, where I'm going to be going through the Incredible Hulk number one. But before I do that, quickly go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us; we'll follow you back, and then you can keep in touch with what we are doing when things drop, and also you can suggest things and talk to me about comics, life, and love. But you can also then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can help us out, support us for everything we do on this regular feed, but also for each level that you end up subscribing to on the Patreon, you'll get more and more exclusive podcasts. I figure that if you are going to help us out, I will give you something that you might like podcasts since you're listening to a podcast here. And a lot of the podcasts are like this one that I do, but with some guest hosts talking about older comics, new comics, all that stuff, all wrapped into one, even non-comic stuff. But we're here to talk about one of the best comics from Marvel Comics, and it is The Incredible Hulk number one. And it is a great comic. It ends up where so many things happen in this first issue, characters being introduced and also concepts that still to this day, even during Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk run, were still in place. And that's pretty impressive. Now, some of the things have changed a lot. Everybody knows that. But there are a couple of things that have changed in weird ways. And we'll talk about that as we get into it. But this is a issue that had a cover date of May 1962, release date of March 1st, 1962. And that timing is something as well. First off, it's a Silver Age comic and it gets a little goofy. But also, it's during the Cold War, USA versus USSR, Soviets versus Americans. And that is a big thing that ends up happening. And, you know, throughout all of this issue that leads to Bruce Banner becoming the Hulk. And we'll start with the cover, which is an iconic cover where it says the Incredible Hulk, the strangest man of all time. And then in a question mark has the tagline, is he man or monster or is he both? I'd say he's both. And then on the other left side says fantasy as you like it. And if you see this without knowing, when you first get into this, you will get the idea. Okay, the Incredible Hulk must be that gray Frankenstein looking guy in the background behind what is a doctor or scientist. Oh, my God. Is he going to end up grabbing him and ripping him apart? It looks like a horror comic, but you wouldn't know that that is Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk until you get into the issue. But you also see Thunderbolt Ross and his daughter, Betty, right there on the front as well, which is pretty cool. And we jump into the issue and you start off with a credits page where it says the Hulk across the top and a banner that is green yellow and red and then underneath says by stan lee and jay kirby part one the coming of the hulk we're going to go through these five parts here and then in the middle and what i like about this is it's a lot of negative space a lot of white that makes you just draw your eyes directly to the hulk in the middle there's no distractions really to get you away from the hulk to see him there and this is a gray-skinned hulk at first for two issues and when I said there's neat things that ended up getting changed later in weird ways, the, the thing about this is they ended up starting out the Hulk is gray. Again, 
very much like a Frankenstein looking figure, which is kind of funny because he is kind of a Frankenstein figure, but then more of a Jekyll and Hyde type of play throughout. But it's kind of a, a cool thing that that gray was real hard for them to do. They were struggling with that gray and decided to switch in issue three to green because that would make it easier. But that makes it so much better in my mind and so much popping. Now, again, we do have Gray Hulk and later they end up explaining the Gray Hulk and the Gray Hulk becomes a bit of the mythos and stuff like that. Uh, Only because at the beginning, that's what it was, but they had to change. And it's kind of a cool little thing. Well, on the side, you have a journal entry that says half man, half monster, the mighty Hulk thunders out of the night to take his place among the most amazing characters of all time. And that is very boastful for an issue number one. A first appearance of a character, they were right. So is it boastful? Because they were 100% right. But we get into the issue, and most people who know even a little bit about Marvel Comics, a little bit about the Hulk, you're going to know that, okay, he got hit with some sort of gamma bomb. There might have been a kid there playing the harmonica, all these things going. But it's really fun to jump into this to remember some of the little details, because as it starts, you end up having Bruce Banner and fellow scientist Igor sitting there in a, you know, isolated headquarters deal where they're going to look out into the desert and watch this gamma bomb test. And it says, alone in the desert stands the most awesome weapon ever created by men, the incredible G-bomb. Miles away behind solid concrete bunkers, a nervous scientific task force waits for the gamma bomb's first awesome test firing. And none is more tense, more worried than Dr. Bruce Banner, the man whose genius created the G-bomb. Now, this is a military installation. You're going to end up having Thunderbolt Ross come in with a lot of energy, a lot of Thunderbolt energy screaming and yelling about delays and when are we going to get this bomb going. But it's funny where it explains that the genius of Bruce Banner has made this G-bomb, has made the gamma ray bomb. Because he has not really told anybody the secrets of this, not even the fellow scientists. And it says there's a scientific task force. We really only get Igor, who is like, you know, the co-worker here with Bruce. He's mad because Bruce has not told him anything about the science behind this bomb. Now, I would be mad, too, if I'm there working with Bruce Banner. And, and pretty much this task force is looked at as one, even if Bruce is the head guy, but reputations are on the line, and Bruce is not telling anybody anything about this. Igor is desperate to find out. At least at the beginning, it seems like he wants to check the work. He thinks that this gamma ray thing is nonsense. He thinks it's going to cause problems, but he wants to check in, but he can't because Bruce will not tell anybody anything about it. So you, you go there. Now, we're going to I'm going to step aside a second to tell you that I think that this especially this first part, part one, is all about, in my mind, not the Hulk, not Bruce Banner, not Igor. It's all about the lacks of security that our military has in the United States. And I'm in the United States. So I said it shows you that this military installation in the middle of the Cold War doing a top secret. I mean, this is really crazy experiments they're doing here that could have worldwide ramifications. They have no security at all and really go above and beyond to make it even worse because 
Thunderbolt Ross comes in. He's yelling. What are we waiting for? Me and my men have been stationed here for weeks. You keep delaying this. This is nonsense. Get me better. You know, Bruce comes over and says, well, we don't want to do anything rash. This is tough stuff. We got to go through the calculations, things like that. Now, he's saying he does because nobody else even knows what they're talking about. We got to make sure because we're dealing with powerful forces. Okay. Thunderbolt Ross flips out. What are you talking about? A bomb is a bomb. He basically calls him a milksop, which is a coward, and says, you have no guts. Okay, then he keeps going. They should have put me in charge, and now he has to, he's a branded guy. I mean, he's Thunderbolt Ross, so I think he gets paid at least a nickel every time he says something Thunder or Thunderbolt related and yells, by Thunder, I would have done this by now. I would have had this done. Now, that is, you know, what you would expect from an over-the-top military guy, and you get that idea. You know, the war, war, bombs, bombs, the military guy, and then there's Bruce Banner, the scientist who wants to make everything right and is not really there to make, say, a bomb. He's more interested in this gamma ray stuff, and unfortunately, you know, his whole deal, the only way you can get funded through the all that stuff going on. But we'll go with the lax in security because suddenly we find out that during this full out, so crucial, critical, top secret test of a G bomb, it's actually bring your daughter to work day, at least if you're a general, because Betty's there. Betty Ross is there. Why is Betty Ross there? Betty is just General Ross's daughter. But he's brought her along, and then she steps up and pretty much makes fun of her father in front of everybody else, scientists, other military guys. She says, oh, daddy, don't be so unfair. Dr. Bruce Banner is one of our most famous scientists. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. Like, And then you end up where I think General Ross should say, wait a second, when, what did you get here? Why are you here? Instead, he says, he's worse. He's sexist. This is man talk. You go over. Why did he bring her? I don't get it. But she right away has a connection. You can tell she has a bit of a connection to Bruce. Well, you end up where General Ross is about to start yelling again. And she steps between them again and says, don't mind dad, Mr. Banner. Ever since he was nicknamed Thunderbolt Ross, he's tried to live up to it. Again, making fun of the general in charge of all of this. You can't do that. Come on, Betty. And then Dr. Bruce Banner says, thank you, Miss Ross. And now they're going to get to the whole test. So you have this whole thing and you end up having Bruce say, excuse me, I have to go for the final countdown. He doesn't mean the Europe song. It'd be awesome if he did, but it's a little too early for that. But he says, I'm going to go do this. They go over. He's turning dials and things. I think he's just trying to impress Betty. So he's doing that. And again, Igor's there and and starts yelling again. This is your last chance to tell me the secret of harnessing the gamma rays. You better tell me I have the right to know. You bet. Where is this research? And Bruce says, oh, sorry, Igor. And usually in this, what you're going to get is that classic trope, that cliche. Oh. Where is the formula? Right up here. And tap your head. Instead, Bruce, I don't know why he would say this. Oh, it's it's back in my room. I have it, you know, back back in my room there at the house. 
And it's like, oh, all right. And then, yeah, Igor is about to beat the crap out of him. He's like, you fool. Nobody has checked your work. You, if you made an error, it's it's going to ending. We're all going to die. The whole continent, the, the whole country's down. And then you had this deal where Bruce says, I don't make errors, Igor. Well, what's the delays then? <laughs> I wish Igor's like, we've been delayed for weeks now. What, what do you mean? But you end up where he says, I'll talk to you later about this, Igor. You, you go off there with your awful name. I don't like to talk with guys who think with their fists. Again, he's not giving Igor any of the information. And now he's just making fun of him, saying that he's not very smart either. And so you end up having this test that's going to start. Okay, we're finally going to start it. Igor's pissed. Bruce seems to be, you know, fine with everything. He's very oblivious to the anger in the room at him. But then again, he has, he has Betty to kind of jump in. But he goes over, gets out some binoculars, looks out into the desert to where this whole bomb is going to drop. The countdown's about to start. And then we see that again, security. Where are the guards at the gate? Because all of a sudden he looks and there is teenage Rick Jones driving his car. This isn't a kid who snuck in, you know, nobody's looking. I'm going to go under that fence. He legitimately drove a car past guards onto this giant plane where they're going to blow up the G-bomb. All of a sudden, Bruce freaks out. Oh, my God, there's a teenager driving a car on the test area. Now, with that, I don't know what really caused the delays before this. A teenager driving a car on the test area might be one of the most significant reasons to stop everything dead in its tracks. And and they've delayed everything. And the countdown hasn't fully started. But yet, instead of saying, stop everything, there's a teenager out there, he ends up going over to Igor, who he just said was dumb, and says, hey, by the way, Igor, I'm going to jump in a, you know, an army jeep here. I'm going to drive out to get this kid. Can you put the hold button? You press the hold button until I get back. And then when you let go, that then we'll keep going. you got to stop it, Bruce. I mean, Bruce, you're a smart guy. Igor takes this as, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. All right. He might as well at this point, you know, say, you know, RIP, it was nice knowing you. And then in a couple minutes, pretty much say, yes, comrade, because he ends up saying, okay. Yeah. And Bruce goes off in the Jeep and he starts, you know, rubbing his chin thinking. And he says, what a stroke of luck. All I have to do is keep my finger off the hold button. So he he's not going to hit the hold button. Ooh, and Bruce is going to die. He is going to die. And it, it's kind of that poetic justice for Igor, at least, that Bruce, who wouldn't tell anybody what this whole gamma thing is, will die at the hands of his own creation. Kind of a neat little twist. Well, what is Rick Jones doing? Besides sitting there in his car in the middle of a bombing test area, you know, he's got to pass some time. So he's playing the harmonica. And I'll tell you, the harmonica annoys me. It's one of those things that anytime I hear the harmonica, and I don't care if you're talking some guy, you know, at the bus station collecting quarters, Neil Young or John Popper from Blues Traveler. I don't care how good you are. I hate it. And he's there. It's the it's the tool of the devil. The harmonica is what I say. And and it fits here because there he is in the middle of a bomb test area. He's playing the harmonica. 
He's all relaxed. Now, why Bruce, who is going to get this team, stops about 100 yards from him and then sprints over, I'll never know. He could have actually driven right up to and next to the car with Rick in it and maybe said, hey, follow me out here or jump in this Jeep with me, whatever. But I think that the time of him running, you know, and I I don't think that he does a real fast 40. I didn't see his combine numbers, but he ends up running. Hey, you teen, you're in the forbidden test area. And Rick says, hey, cool it, man. The kids bet me I wouldn't have nerve enough to sneak past the guards. Now, Rick ends up being kind of a cool guy, right? But at this point, you're playing him off as this teen. Oh, my God. Look at this hipster, this cool teen. In his plaid jacket playing the harmonica. All right, not so cool. But he says they they said he'd be chicken, so he snuck past the guards. Snuck past the guards in a a running car. This military, way off. Uh, So you end up having the last second. Now, with that, again, Bruce still thinks in his mind, I would guess, that the hold button is on. That Igor has, but I guess he realized Igor wasn't on the up and up because he grabs Rick and yells, we got to get to one of the protective trenches. We got to get there. The bomb's going to go off. Oh, my God. And then as he says that, and Rick goes, bomb, you see the very technical readout, the technical part of the machine that has a big red fire button that you hit, and then the test goes and it does. And you end up having Rick getting thrown in the trench. He is saved, but the gamma goes through. It rips through Bruce Banner. And the funny thing about it is, is that idea, and I think that a lot of people probably have thought about this, and I'm sure a lot of people talk about the idea that Rick is in a trench. There's no way this is saving him from the fallout of this radiation. But back at this point, you did even have the duck and cover drills in schools, where if there was a Russian atomic bomb, a Soviet bomb coming to destroy, they would have like fire drills, drills like this, and the kids would jump, get under their desk, and then cover their heads with their hands, you know, to protect themselves from the atomic blast. And so it makes sense in that sort of vein, and it makes me giggle, but there's a really cool progression here where you see the gamma ripping through Bruce's body. Then the next panel, you end up having almost like an x-ray part, like look of his face. And it says, although many miles from bomb zero, Dr. Bruce Banner is bathed in the full force of the mysterious gamma rays. The world seems to stand still trembling on the brink of infinity as his ear splitting scream fills the air. And he is still screaming hours later. They snap him out of this where he has been saved, at least for now, by Rick Jones who grabbed them. And took him back to the military base I don't know how Rick Jones is explaining to anybody That he's on this base Let alone out there on the testing area Uh, But he ends up snapping out of it What happened? What happened? And the doctor says Oh, it's a miracle that you're still alive You absorbed the full impact of the gamma rays He says, how did I get here? And Rick Jones says Oh, I I brought you here Why would you do that? Well, listen, I'm an orphan Rick Jones tells him And nobody's really ever done anything for me. And you saved my life. So that was the least I can do. You know, you, a stranger, have been the nicest person to me. And it's a nice connection right off the bat. But in the meantime, Rick is trying to figure out, you know, what what are they doing with us? 
Bruce, a smart guy, kind of knows the M.O. and how the military works. I think when he says, well, they're waiting for me to die, I think he fully means I'm going to die and they're going to dissect me and they're going to study me for what happened with me and the gamma radiation. And Rick Jones even mentions it's starting to get dark out. You know, it's it's getting late. You know, are they going to let us go? But then he goes over, and I think that Rick Jones definitely has ADHD. He goes over and he picks up what he thinks is a radio, and he's like, I don't know. This song that keeps playing, it has a bit of a beat, but I can't really dance to it. And you end up having Bruce Banner go, that's not a radio. That's a Geiger counter. It's going nuts. Oh, my God, I got so much radiation poisoning. He takes off his glasses, and then all of a sudden, as the sun goes down, he ends up turning into the Hulk. Rick runs over, says, are you okay? Oh, my God, you've changed. And now we have, at this point, kind of an aquamarine-looking Hulk, but he's bust out of his clothing as he does. And poor Rick, in this issue, gets swatted aside probably three or four times. And that's got to hurt. And in this one, you know, you have the Hulk just smash him and say, get out of the way, insect. So at this point, right away, the Hulk is talking, but he's talking again. It's a Frankenstein-esque deal, half sentences, that sort of thing. And you see, he remembers some things with Bruce, but not everything, but also looks as Bruce, as we go through this, as a separate entity that he thinks is not strong enough. The Hulk is strong. Nobody can contain the Hulk. Uh, Why am I locked in here? Nobody locks up the Hulk. He's very big on that. Starts just destroying the wall in this infirmary and then breaks through it as Rick Jones recovers from being swatted aside. He's like, oh, my God, what is he doing? He's breaking the wall. The Hulk runs out and runs right into the path of an army jeep bunch of guys in it they can't stop in time and they crash right into the hulk and the the jeep just dissipates around him it just it shatters and the guys all go flying and then it says as the stunned enlisted men pick themselves up from the wreckage the mighty thing that was once bruce banner turns and he says i have to go i have to go and hide saying like a behemoth a wounded behemoth He storms off into the waiting night as Rick Jones yells, wait for me. You saved my life. You need me now. Wait, I'm going with you. And that ends part one. And it's good. I mean, there are some funny and fun things about it. But that whole concept of getting hit by gamma radiation, especially in the times that this came out with everybody really scared about an atomic attack and what that can do and what that could lead to. This is a really cool idea to have the scientist who created this gamma ray bomb getting hit by it and turning into this monster. And we still don't know if this is permanent. Will he always be that? We will get the rules pretty soon now that the idea that the Hulk is at night for banner in the day. And even that, when it comes, that's a cool idea because you end up having. You know, even tension as Bruce tries to do some things during the day, he really has to make sure where he is when the sun goes down, what he's doing, all that stuff. And Rick Jones is there to help a lot. One of Rick Jones's big jobs, even in this issue, is when the Hulk doesn't wear glasses. Bruce Banner, the scientist, he's got glasses. So every time he's going to change, he seemingly grabs his glasses and puts them aside. Rick grabs those, and when the Hulk turns back to Bruce, he's always there 
to hand him his glasses right away, which makes me laugh. But we're going to go right now into part two. And part two is called The Hulk Strikes. You end up seeing him kind of sticking to the shadows while a bunch of military guys go by, guns drawn. And it says, like a silent dreadnought, the hulking thing that was once Bruce Banner crouches in the shadows as the pursuing troops rush by. And he's thinking, mustn't let them find me. Now, you end up having these military guys. They're all fanning out. They're trying to see and find out what this thing was that broke out of the infirmary. Ripped the wall down, ended up destroying a Jeep. You would get the idea that the people in the Jeep get the word out. I don't know what is going on. This one guy yells, fan out, men. We've got to find that that Hulk. Immediately, the name sticks. I mean, there has never been a name that has stuck this quick. A guy that's just standing right next to this guy in the same panel then says, look sharp there. Don't let the Hulk get his hands on you. I'm like, ooh, that name stuck quick. As you see, and thus a name is given to Bruce Banner's other self, a name which is destined to become immortal, kind of a cool little deal there. But yeah, they're trying to figure out what happened back at the base hospital. They're looking at this destroyed wall. Oh, my God, this is two feet thick of concrete. Who could do this? Oh, my God, Bruce Banner was here with that teenager was playing the harmonica, Rick Jones. Uh, Maybe he killed him. We don't know because they're gone. But then we end up seeing the Hulk and Rick going through the woods and they have a purpose. And the Hulk says, have to reach home. Formula inside. Home must get formula. And so he's got that broken speech pattern, things like that. But he, he is partly remembering some things with Bruce and knowing what to do, though. He seems to forget things a bit as we go and whatnot. But it's a cool little deal that says driven by sheer instinct the part of the hulk which is still bruce banner heads for a small cottage smashing all obstacles in his path and it's cool to see him also sneaking you have at one point there is a posted guard and you basically have rick and the hulk like right by the guard again i said security pretty lax they end up getting to the cabin where bruce lives where he said that the formula was He told that to Igor And that just happens to be the person Who's already there rooting through the desks Throwing things around I don't know what it is about this In movies, comics, all that sort of thing If you break into some place To try to find something You don't really have to wreck the place You can look through things You know, even do it quickly But not as, you know, crazy That people do to let everybody know After the fact, but he ends up, he's looking, and he's talking to himself. The gamma ray formula must be here somewhere. He's not paying attention. He's so intent on finding this formula that he doesn't hear Rick or the Hulk come in. Well, then he turns around and sees the Hulk and freaks out, pulls a gun out and says, you're not going to get me, coppers. He actually says, you're not going to take me to the security police, you know, take this, and shoots the Hulk. The bullet does nothing. And this really, you know, Igor is beside himself like, oh, my God, what are you? I just shot you and it didn't have any effect. Please stay back. And you end up having the Hulk grab the gun. Igor tries to fire again. The Hulk grabs it and the fire goes away. But he ends up grabbing the gun and just crushes it and says, this is what you puny humans fear. Bah! And throws it down. The Hulk fears nothing. And then you end up having Igor... It's like, no, no, you're not human. You're not human. What are you? And the Hulk flips out. Human? Why should I want to be human? 
picks up Igor and just tosses him into the big table with all the beakers and the acids and things like that. Igor is out for now, but when he does end up knocking over everything, one of the beakers tips over. Bruce is a smart guy. I keep saying this, but his idea of security, just like the military, maybe you learned it by watching them. He ended up to keep this top secret report on gamma ray bomb out of anybody else's hands. He's taped it to the bottom of a giant beaker just on his desk, but on the front of it. No, mainly for us to know, but still, if this is real, it just says top secret report on gamma ray bomb. I mean, really? Like, pretend it's something else. <laughs> it just says it there. Rick Jones sees it and says, oh, my God, this is, must be what you were talking about. This is the report. Hulk doesn't know anything about that at the moment, but ends up where Rick says, this looks important. Uh, you wrote it when you were Bruce Banner. I think we have to give it to the military. The Hulk flips out. Bruce Banner. Why does this name mean something to me? Why does it anger me? And then goes over to the bedside table. There is a table that normally in this, you might have a picture of your sweetheart, maybe your family. For some reason, Bruce Banner in his own apartment, his own little house here, has a picture of himself. He's got a glamour shot next to his bed. What what, what does he wake up, gives a little kiss? I'm surprised it's not signed to the coolest dude I know. Love, Bruce. And you end up where, you know, Hulk picks it up. What is this face? I know this face. And Rick says, well, that's you. And the Hulk, like, he ends up recoiling from this picture. I'm telling you, the picture isn't the greatest. I mean, there's probably a better angle. It's not his best work here in his purple suit. But you end up where he's recoiling in fear, like, get it away from me. Get that thing away. And ends up where Rick says, don't you understand? This guy is you. This is you. You know. And then, like I said before, unfortunately for Rick Jones, he gets swatted away again. You end up where the Hulk says, I seem to remember now. It was a bomb, gamma rays. They turned me into this when darkness fell. And Rick comes up and puts his hand on the Hulk's shoulder, right? Very nice, and says, it would have happened to me if you hadn't saved me. That's why I'm staying with you. Hulk swats him aside. And every time this happens, all you see are the the bottoms of Rick's legs and his feet as he's flying across the room, smashing into the wall. And the Hulk says, I don't want you around me. I don't need you. I don't need anybody with my strength and power. The world is mine. So you get, oh, my God, the Hulk, he's going a little too crazy then. The Hulk starts putting some things together. And unfortunately for Rick, he's doing the math in his head and thinks, wait a second. You are the only one who knows that I'm also Bruce Banner. I may have to take care of you. And he doesn't mean the idea that he's going to hook him up with like an apartment, and maybe, you know, a job. He's going to kill him. And he goes over at him. Luckily for Rick, though, laying there in a heap. I mean, Rick, also, we have to remember was involved in a giant G-bomb explosion just a little bit ago, even if he wasn't affected as much. I mean, he might not be the strongest he ever has been. He's getting swatted around. And the sun rises, and that's where you end up, and there's where you start getting that rule, because as 
the Hulk is advancing on Rick Jones. The sun comes up and he turns back to Bruce Banner and says, my brain is on fire. What's happening to me? I'm changing, changing. Oh, it feels like a veil's lifted. I can actually think again. The nightmare is over. And that's where Rick gets up. Doesn't even say like, man, that that Hulk guy's a real jerk. But he's got Bruce's glasses with him. Pulls him out and says, here you go. Bruce puts the glasses on. And then it says, but alas, the nightmare of Bruce Banner is not yet over. It may never be over again. And that's where the police now have arrived at the apartment here of Bruce. And they bust in. And that's the end of part two. Part three, you get a little more Betty. You find out that crazy Igor is not just this guy who's a jealous coworker. We'll find out exactly what's going on in this next part. And part three is called The Search for the Hulk as everybody, the whole military force, MPs, generals, they all storm into Bruce Banner's home and somehow Betty Ross is allowed to be with them again. I I don't know what's up with Betty, but boy, she has a lot of backstage passes in this and she's there. Oh my God, Dr. Banner, it's you. And everybody's surprised that Dr. Banner and Rick Jones are here but they're also trying to find the Hulk. They Somebody has seen, they've seen the Hulk come in here. Obviously, he's now turned back into Bruce Banner. So they're not going to find the Hulk, but they saw him come in. And that is seemingly the first time that both Rick and Bruce hear the name, the Hulk. So they're like, the Hulk? Bruce is like, who's that? And you end up, Rick, I think it's you, Doc. I think it's you. And so we go into this where they're searching the house and they end up finding Igor. Igor's in the other room where he was knocked out by the Hulk. And right away, I mean, here it is. We have been going and seeing Igor. Yeah, he's a jealous coworker. He doesn't like Bruce Banner. He even tried to get a little handsy with Bruce because Bruce would not tell him the formula for the gamma bomb, the gamma ray. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, they yell, Here he is. The spy we've been searching for. That escalated quickly. I don't know when this changed because somebody has a lot of splaining to do because they seemingly know that he was a spy, but yet he had his finger on the bomb trigger five minutes before this. He ended up being part of, while he didn't know a lot about the gamma research because Bruce was keeping it from him, but that was only because of Bruce. This Russian spy, and he is a Russian spy, Ends up being able to go through so many But then again, Betty Ross is allowed anywhere she wants So suddenly he's a Soviet spy that they're going to throw into the brig And they think he's in cahoots with the Hulk And then also they throw a suspicious eye over at Bruce Hey, how did you get out of the medical bay? How did you end up disappearing all this time? And why are you ending up, even though it's your house? Why are you here? Where's the Hulk? And Rick Jones jumps in. Oh, my God. You think that Dr. Banner is the Hulk? I mean, really, that is hilarious. And you end up having these two MPs, possibly ones that were in that Jeep that ran into the Hulk. They'd step forward and they're going to explain what they think the Hulk was. The one guy says, oh, my God, he was huge and powerful. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a giant gorilla that escaped from some zoo. So. He thinks it's an escaped gorilla from they're in the middle of a desert 
I, I don't know where the zoo is. I wish that this military officer would smack this guy right in the face. Shut up with your, your zoo. So the next guy goes, no, no, no. And it's like we're, we're going to battle back and forth with the battle of, of nitwits here because the other guy goes, no, no, no. He was more like a giant bear dressed in tatters. And I'm telling you that the picture that they're showing here looks like the wolf man almost. Wolf man. I mean, he's like, he must have escaped from a circus somewhere. I want the officer to say, I just smacked the other guy because we're in the middle of a desert. There is no zoo. There's no circus. Stop it with your nonsense. It's just to say, it didn't look like Bruce Banner. All right, Bruce, you're off the hook. In the meantime, Bruce ends up having the files that he had hidden underneath that beaker. Now, suddenly, they've grown five sizes bigger, but the officer says, I will take that. Igor was not able to get that sensitive information. Not anything to do with the army or their security. It was just because Bruce was kind of a jerk and wouldn't let anybody in on it. But I'll take that for now. I'll make sure that that's safe and takes the gamma you know, formula away and takes that back. And then they all leave. Everybody leaves. But Betty stays behind and says, oh, I wanted to apologize for what my dad said earlier. I just feel bad about all this. Are you okay? I mean, you're sitting here. Your jeans are all in tatters. And you're wearing what was once a shirt, but now is a vest, an open vest. And I'll, I'll tell you, Bruce, he's built okay. He's looking okay. And, you know, Rick is there. He's bandaging him up while Betty is trying to say, maybe you should get some more, you know, official care. Maybe not this teenager who is very comfortable around bandages and the harmonica. And they end up where Bruce says, show Betty to the door, show Miss Ross to the door and says, when I sort all these things out, I'm going to come a calling. And she says, I would like that very much. But then when she gets to the door, he jumps up to say it again. And he says, Miss Ross, I mean, Betty, I'll call you later after I've had a chance to pull myself together. Rick is leaning against the wall behind the door like, oh, it's Betty now. Ha, how revolting. You know, because teenage boys don't like girls. And so he ends up seeing this. But when Betty leaves, you end up having Rick continue like, man, what was it like being the Hulk? Earlier, he's like, was it a gas? And so he's like, oh, what are we going to do? We could do something with this, you know. And Bruce sits down and starts thinking. And Rick says, hey, what's wrong? What's going over? I mean, it's over. We're done. We're finished. We can just do whatever now. You know, me and you teaming up together. Maybe we can make some rhymes, solve some crimes. I don't know. And you end up having Bruce. No, it's not over. It's not over at all. Remember, I turned into the Hulk when the sun went down and the sun's about to go down. I think that this is going to be something that keeps going back and forth. And he says, and when the sun sets, how do I know I won't change once more? How do I know I won't keep changing into the brutal, bestial mockery of a human? That creature which fears nothing, which despises reason and worships power. Soon the sun will set again. And here I sit helplessly fearing I may again become the Hulk. And he's very scared about it. And I like this idea. It's not just the Jekyll and Hyde. I like the idea that each of them hates the other. You end up having Bruce sitting there and he's like, I don't want to be like the Hulk is everything that he doesn't like. He said earlier when Igor was about to punch him, he's like, I don't like men who think with their fists. You're a, a jerk. 
And that's what the Hulk is. The Hulk thinks that that puny human Bruce Banner is nonsense. I don't want to be human. Humans are weak. I'm strong. The Hulk does what he wants, all that stuff. So it's a really cool play with that as the sun sets and we move on to part four. And part four is called Enter the Gargoyle. And when it has the gargoyle, it's in kind of a horror-esque font. We'll find out why the gargoyle horrific but you end up seeing laying in the brig is igor and it says let us leave bruce banner and his young friend rick for a moment and turn our attention to the red spy known as igor as he broods darkly in his cell and pretty much he's brooding and thinking oh you dumb american fools i am going to take you down you think you got the best of old igor but you did not and we see that he has what they call a sub-miniature transistor shortwave on his thumbnail. And he's able to send secret messages off to the USSR. And he does send one. You end up having a guy. He's there at pretty much the shortwave radio. He gets the beeps and the dashes. And he ends up saying, I have a message from Igor. Oh, my God. It's real important. Hands it off. To a officer who reads it there while he's smoking his Russian cigarette and says, oh, my God, this is top priority. We got to tell the gargoyle. But I don't want to look at the gargoyle. He's awful. He's really ugly. I don't want to do it. So I'm going to pass it off to another guy. And he goes into the office of his superior and says, here's a message. You might want to give it to the gargoyle. And this guy's like, what? Why do I have to give it to the gargoyle? Well, you're kind of the senior officer i'm out of here and and pretty much like hey look a bird runs just runs out so then this guy goes to find somebody that he can now boss around and says hey i'm the senior executive here you buddy give this to the gargoyle this guy says please not the gargoyle he's the worst i hate that guy and then runs over to the gargoyle's office and slips it under the door the gargoyle gets the message and then says, oh, my God, the cowardly weaklings dare not face me. But that is how I want it. It's not quite true. We're going to find out because, really, the hero of the story, spoiler alert, is the gargoyle who wants to be pretty. He doesn't like being shunned. He doesn't want to be alone. He ends up wanting friends. He wants family, maybe a lover or two. But not as the gargoyle. Nobody's getting near him. He's a monstrosity. Well, he reads this report from Igor and says, the message, it is unbelievable. In America, there exists a creature called the Hulk, whose power almost matches mine. Now, I guess when you say, you know, the power almost matches mine, it might be one of those things of semantics, maybe. I don't know. But the Hulk is a giant brute of a monster who likes to rip things apart. The gargoyle is an awful monstrosity of a man who's real smart, and that's that they have nothing quite similar, except that radiation did it to either. So if he ended up saying, well, the Hulk, he kind of got in his predicament the same way I did. I'll go with that. Their power set, not even close. But... You end up having the gargoyle. He's excited. He wants to go to America. So the only way that he knows how is to, hey, somebody rev up that rocket firing sub 
We're heading to the U.S., baby. And he ends up getting in the sub and it shoots a rocket out. And the U.S. reacts as if this is a missile. Now, first off, this should be the start of World War III. But they are going to intercept the missile. It's not quite a missile. It's a rocket that has a capsule on the top where the gargoyle is in. So when these intercepting missiles come to take it out, it shoots out of the end of the rocket and then lands what would be behind enemy lines for the gargoyle, but lands in the pretty much looks like the testing area for the G-bomb. So he's right there in the vicinity. In the meantime, you have Rick and Bruce. They're in a Jeep. Huh, what's going on? Because, you know, Rick ended up saying it's getting dark. Everything's got... You're going to turn in the Hulk. And he says, why are we out? Shouldn't we be waiting? Why didn't we stay at home and wait to see if you're going to turn into the Hulk? And Bruce, because nobody really thinks clearly in this whole thing, says, nah, I think we should be outdoors. I I figured this time we'll do it outdoors. You know, where there might be people I can attack or get captured. I don't know. Let's try it out. Rick thinks it's a real bad idea. But then as Bruce is driving, you're centering on his hands. They start swelling. They start getting gray. Rick Jones yells, oh, my God, your hands, Doc, and then yells, oh, my God, Doc, watch the the wheel. Oh, my God, Doc, we're hit. It's like George of the Jungle. Watch out for that tree. They end up hitting something. I mean, they end up hitting something, but it causes, like, a huge crater. I don't know, but they're in trouble. They end up crashing. The Hulk kind of gets up, and he is now fully the Hulk. And Rick Jones gets out of the like, oh, my head, this is like the eighth concussion he's had in the last hour. He's never getting out of concussion protocol here. He's not coming back for the second half. Well, they end up where they're trying to gather their wits. The Hulk says, all right, me go over to find Betty. Betty? Like, he ends up where he is Bruce. Bruce seems to have a liking for Betty. Once he becomes Hulk, he becomes the jealous boyfriend who has to go over to the house to make sure nobody else is there. I don't know, but he needs to get to Betty's house. He starts walking towards it. Rick Jones is yelling, this is a bad idea, Doc. We shouldn't do this. And the Hulk doesn't listen. And then in the meantime, the gargoyle sees this and he starts walking after them. I mean, there is a parade of monstrosities heading off to the Ross residents as we end up finishing this part by seeing betty she can't get bruce out of her mind she's there she's standing next to the unlit fireplace in the ross residence while her dad sits and smokes a cigar and reads the paper and he comes over and he says what is it girl you've seen trouble all day and she goes oh dad if things were only as simple as in your day the cavalry would just Come in and solve everything But today, the strange supernatural forces afoot I don't understand it But I feel as if we're in some unimaginable fantastic adventure I can't And I think that, you know, thinking of that phrase there or whatnot Saying to a lifetime military man, a general It, it really first off sounds like she's saying I am, I'm tripping on some LSD or something, Dad But He ends up saying none of that nonsense. Get outside and get some fresh air. And she does go out and say, Dad's right. I just needed to walk in the fresh air. I got to get this idea, this this vision of Bruce. Bruce Banner is just, he's haunting my every thought. I'm smitten by him. But also, I keep thinking of this Hulk. 
And maybe we're all lucky and there's no such thing as the Hulk. Well, the Hulk's right behind her then. It's almost like he's right behind me, right? He ends up going, what? No Hulk, there is a Hulk, and don't you ever forget it. And she passes out in the Hulk's arms where Rick Jones says, oh my God, we can't be found. He says, Hulk, let her go. You got to leave here. If you're found like this, this time, they'll, and he's going to say, they're going to kill you. They're going to arrest you, whatnot. And the Hulk goes, shut up. Nobody tells the Hulk, slaps Rick again. And then from behind, out of the shadows comes the horrific gargoyle says, you're wrong, monster. Turn around. Turn and face the gargoyle. And that ends that quick part. And we go off to the last part. And we really do. We find out that the gargoyle is more than just a big brain who wants to make sure that the glory of Russia lives forever. He is a guy who really just wants to be pretty, but will go on. And find that out as we go to the last part, part five. And part five is called the Hulk Triumphant, where you have the gargoyle who is pointing his gun at both the Hulk and Rick. And the Hulk says, oh, another one of these guns. You puny humans and your guns, you can't hurt the Hulk. Rick is kind of like, well, you can hurt me, but I'm going to hide behind you, Hulk. All right. And you end up having the gargoyle say, oh, well, you think I came all this way just to shoot you with a normal gun? No, this is a different kind of gun. It ends up making you my slave by sapping your will. So he ends up shooting both the Hulk and Rick. And it's funny, he shoots the Hulk because he wants to take the Hulk back to the Soviet Union. In the meantime... There's Rick, and he says, well, you seem unimportant. You seem like it'd be a waste of a bullet, but I'm going to shoot you anyway. And does shoot him, and the Hulk and Rick then follow Gargoyle back to the ocean front, pretty much like slaves. I don't know how, when, where this is in relation to this desert they were in, but they do end up at the ocean Get on a boat that has the Russian star there. Go to a submarine. Get into a kind of rocket hybrid uh, plane that ends up where it's kind of a funny aside that it is a copy, a commie copy of our own amazing X-15. It says, you know, the X-15, where they are able to launch up get into the outer level of the atmosphere pretty much in space where then they can glide to Russia and everything is cool. They have captured the Hulk. Oh, my God. But when this happens, you end up having night turn to day and the Hulk turns back into Bruce Banner. In the meantime, the knocked out Betty Ross wakes up as her dad comes to her and she says, oh, my God, it was awful. The Hulk was here. I passed out. I don't know what's going on. And Thunderbolt Ross says, I'll find him, Betty. I swear to you, my child, I'll find him and destroy him. Well, then Betty kind of steps back a bit and says, well, he did seem a little sad. Like this Hulk might not be exactly the threat that we thought. Well, General Ross shows he's not listening to his daughter one bit and says, oh, I'll find him. If it takes an eternity, I'll find that damn monster. And and I wanted this to continue where Betty says, oh, no, no. I really think that the Hulk might be good, Dad. I think 
yep, I told you, Betty, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to find him and I'm going to kill him. And then I want her like to fully spell out, no, Hulk is good, Dad. The Hulk can help us. Yeah, I know what you're saying, Betty. I'm going to kill that Hulk because they are not listening to each other. But you end up then where this jet, this rocket jet, it lands in the Soviet Union. And when they go to get the Hulk out, they see that it's just Bruce Banner and Rick Jones. Now, with all of that, it's very easy. And the gargoyle is a smart guy. They say his brain ended up being amplified by radiation. He was part of pretty much the Russian version, it seems, of this almost gamma ray thing. Well, he can put two and two together. I put the Hulk into this rocket. When we got back to the Soviet Union, there was Bruce Banner there and pretty much wearing the same exact clothes. So he he's not dumb. And he's like, I, I know what's going on. You're the Hulk. I, I get this. As you have Rick hand Bruce Banner's glasses because they said that's one of his big jobs and then says unbelievable. Uh, but in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, for the Soviet Union itself, which is more important, the Hulk, where they say at one point, we're going to make an army of the Hulks. Well, is that possible? Or is it better to have one of the smartest, if not the smartest, you know, and, and doing gamma radiation, radiation itself, you know, scientists? I think that this is a win-win. Yeah, you don't have the Hulk, but you got Bruce Banner. And they seem to kind of say that, but they take Rick and Bruce to a cell as the gargoyle then, as he closes the door, says, hey, I know that you're the Hulk. You know, don't even try to say you're not. Bruce, I, I get it. You're the Hulk. And Rick is like, oh, my God, what do we do now? And Bruce says, we really can't do anything. It's not up to us. We're, we're prisoners. And then the gargoyle starts crying. And in one of the funniest progressions ends up saying, why would you want to be a monster? Because he's talking about the idea of, you know, you're the Hulk, what's it like, whatnot, but says, why would you want to be a monster? You must be insane. It's the most horrible thing, the world, uh, to be a freak, a gargoyle like me. Rick says, hey, hey, Doc, he's crying here. And then he's like such anguish in his face as he says, I'd give anything to be normal anything and i'm telling you escalated quickly this is taking a swerve here where you're like what so with that you have bruce say listen i can't stop myself from being the hulk i don't even know what it's about i'm gonna look into this but i think i could change you you know out of nowhere he just says i think i could and you think that this is a dupe that he's gonna do something maybe strap the gargoyle down on a gurney and pretend he's gonna and then they run but no, no, they're, they're in like a mad science lab. I don't even know that he would even be aware that they'd have this equipment there. But he says, I, I could turn you back into a normal man. The gargoyle starts shaking him and yelling like, that's all I want. And if I die, I want to die as a man. I don't even care if it works. I just want to end up a man. All right. They go off to the gargoyle's lab and pretty much boom you end up having because bruce deals in radiation this is all he's ever going to deal in and he ends up using radiation to turn the gargoyle from what looked like a horrific monstrosity into pretty much lex luther he looks like lex then 
He ends up so mad because of how he was turned to the gargoyle. He turns and he shakes his fist at the poster of Khrushchev that's on the wall. Damn you, Khrushchev. You're the one that did this to me. And I like this play, though. He says, it was because of you, and he's yelling at the poster, that I became what I was because I worked on your secret bomb test. But it took an American to cure me. And now, now that I am no longer a gargoyle, I can defy you and all you stand for like a man. And so it's pretty much, you know, USA. He's like, man, this American who you told me were the worst, he's the one who made me pretty again. I'm all for him. I'm going to help him out. But what he's going to do to help out is pretty much cause a distraction, get Bruce and Rick into a rocket, program the rocket to go to the United States, and then sit there in his lab waiting for all of the Soviet officials that are there at the space to come running into his lab saying, what the heck's going on, Gargoyle? Oh, my God, you look pretty. What happened there? And the gargoyle to say, oh, now I'm a man again, no longer brilliant, no longer a scientific genius, because that was spelled out by Bruce. You, you have one or the other. You're either super smart and look at like a horrific freak show, or you can look pretty and you're going to be dumb. He picked pretty and dumb. And so he ends up saying, I am not a genius anymore. My work's done. And so I shall die. But I shall die as a man. And guess what, guys? Everybody in this room. You're dying with me because he ends up pressing a button and this whole entire base blows up as Rick and Bruce are flying in the rocket and they hear this explosion and you end up having Rick. What was that? I think that was the end of the gargoyle chum. That is that. And perhaps the beginning of the end of the red tyranny as well. Probably just at the last seconds, you know, better dead than red, he yells out the window. But they are heading. Back to the United States, the end. And it says, yes, Bruce Banner and Rick are safe for now. But in a few hours, it will be nightfall again. And the Hulk will again appear. So don't miss the next great surprise-filled issue. And then there's a note saying, starting next issue will feature a letters to the editor page. Mail your knocks or boosts to editors. The Hulk, third floor, 655 Madison Avenue, New York, 21 New York. So you end up having... A cool issue. It is a really good issue. I did like having fun poking at some of the Silver Age nonsense of it. But if you have, and really if you are on the Patreon and listening to this, you'll know that I really, really love the Silver Age stuff because I really like having fun talking about it and giggling at some of the craziness and some of the progression and the force way that comics a lot of times in that silver age ended up doing so yeah i really enjoyed this and there's a lot of things i said that end up being still to this day the night time is the hulk time al ewing pretty much took all that rick jones that was in that run as well even him becoming that monstrosity with del fry in that and just a lot of the different stuff betty thunderbolt ross all this stuff is so so good so don't don't let my little jokes, you know, make you think that I don't think that this is a great issue because it really is. Again, I like to have some fun, right? Just like Cindy Lauper, I like to have the fun. But that's it. That's it for this episode. I hope everybody enjoyed it. If you did, please go over to our Twitter and follow us, WS Marvel Comics. And like I said, then you'll know what we're up to. 
but also you'll be able to talk and give me suggestions even just you know if you end up on the the twitter i will follow you back so that you can private message me dm and we could talk stuff about the comics and maybe give me some suggestions of what you think are the best marvel comics also go to our patreon patreon.com slash weird science i mentioned that just a second ago i do have a silver age comics podcast that i do there as well but the real wacky stuff and if you are a dc fan as well as marvel a lot of superman's pal jimmy olsen a lot of superman's girlfriend lois lane and that because those issues are crazy uh but a lot of other things as well including marvel podcasts that would be you know on the same wavelength as this in fact tomorrow when i get up i'm recording this very very late slash early it is now almost 2 30 in the morning i'm gonna have to get up early and get ready because me and my man matt who we do the star wars stuff on this regular feed me and him will be talking secret wars number two the original so we'll be doing that tomorrow and in fact tomorrow i'll also be doing a back issues podcast with my man stork where me and him are going to be talking about frankencastle the punisher deal and that's for the spookiest month of the year october so thanks everybody and also if you are listening to this where you can subscribe rate and review that'd be awesome if you could do all of those be real awesome so with all of that said and done i hope everybody goes off and reads this if you haven't already it's one of the best marvel comics and that's why it was on the best marvel comics podcast i'll talk to you later 